Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be back. This is episode nine, and wow, it's just going so fast. So I'm really glad that you're here with me today. First, before I get into anything, I wanted to let you know that I have just updated some of my social media, and my Facebook group is now called Breaking Free Authentically, and it is the Sex Positive Relationship Community. So it's all about what we talk about in this podcast. So I really would love for you to go and hit the link in the show notes and come and join that community. It's such a great community with amazing people in it. But I would love for you to be there and we can have conversations in that group about this podcast and any questions that you have. So now it's directly linked. It has the same branding and everything. So it's just much more concise and easier, (laughs) much less confusing for everyone. So please go and join the group if you haven't. I would love to have you there. I'm going to be going live in there um, and doing some Q&A, but now that things have all gotten figured out and restructured, it's going to be a lot easier. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm really excited about today's guest. So I have another interview today. And it is more of an interview. Last week was definitely more of just a conversation that I'd had uh, way back. And I realized it wasn't very much of a conversation because I had talked a lot in it. But she, she laughed at me. But it was fine because she was still learning my story at the time. And I know maybe some of you were... Um, wanted to hear more from her. So we'll have her on again and we'll ask her more questions and she could do a little bit more talking. (laughs) So anyways, I love having you guys here and I love being able to share these conversations with you. This one is a very interesting one. It's called Powerlessness to Passion in Relationships. And I think this is a really important topic. A lot of us feel powerless in our relationships and the passion is gone. And, and when you have two people feeling powerless or even just one person feeling powerless, it's really hard to have passion. So we talk about that a little bit. And again, we just basically get to the, the tip of the iceberg. There's just so much more we could talk about. But it was such a great conversation. I've talked with Moritz before. He's in California. Moritz traveled the world to work on international photo shoots for Armani and Chanel with celebrities and top models like Naomi Campbell and Nicole Kidman. His artwork was published in Vogue magazine at a young age. He had a powerful experience that reshaped his perspective on what's truly important to him, and he dedicated his life to learning everything he could about intimacy and relationships and sexuality. He and his wife have created a family together while moving twice across the globe. 
Moritz is a visionary mentor for men, and together they teach couples how to be empowered together and have passionate intimacy. So you can see why I really love this man and why I like talking with him because we are very aligned on the the things that we are passionate about. So I want you to enjoy the talk with Moritz. We talked a few weeks ago, and I just so enjoyed our conversation that I had to have him back so you guys could hear what he has to say as well. He has this really cool questionnaire on his website. It's three questions to the best sex and connection in relationship. So in the show notes will be the link, but if you go to www.kirkmanhoodcoaching.com, Kirkman, K-E-R-K-M-A-N-N, Hood, H-O-O-D, coaching.com. You will find this three questions to the best sex and connection and relationship. And there's actually a mini training in there that you can binge with your partner or you can binge it alone if you'd like. But he would like you all to have that as a free gift. So please head over to his website and check it out. When we come back, we are going to just go straight into the interview. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna introduce it. I've introduced it here. It's um, about an hour long, so I would love to just get on with it. So enjoy. At the end, I do ask you to join my Facebook group again, um, and I do call it the breaking free authentic or breaking free to be authentically me. But just remember, it is now breaking free authentically. There's just the one group, and I would love for you to be a part of it. So, without further ado, enjoy the interview. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Well, hello, Moritz. It's so nice to have you. Uh, we've had the privilege of chatting before, and I really, really enjoyed our talk. So I wanted to bring you on my podcast so that others could hear just some of the great things that you have to say. And I just feel like we're very aligned on a lot of things. And so I wanted to just have a great conversation because this is what I've I said I wanted to do. It's important to me to have sex positive conversations, conversations about relationships, uh, conversations about sexuality. All these things are very important to me. And I don't think there's a lot. I don't think there's enough safe places to to listen to these kinds of conversations or to have these conversations in our lives, in the world. You know, it's just it's something that's frowned upon a lot as talking openly about sexuality. So um, I'm really excited about this. So can you tell us a little bit about you and where you're from and what you do? Hey, thank you so much. And um, likewise, I really enjoyed our conversation too. And I'm super excited to be here with you. And um, yeah, so I have been um, working with my wife, actually, we have a combined 20 years of experience working with couples and individuals um, on increasing um, intimacy and connection and um, and really having a having the right foundation from where you can have 
great sex in relationships. Mm-hmm. And um, we both met each other as teachers um, for, uh, we used to practice orgasmic meditation, which is still a huge part of, um, of what we are teaching and what we are deriving our philosophy and our, our way of relationship from. And um, this all kind of started for me. Um, I used to work in the fashion world. I used to live in Paris and in London for around nine years, um, working for on photo shoots for Vogue and um, with um, for Chanel and all those kind of like fashiony brands, which was really amazing. It was like an an awesome part of my life, and. Um, but there was like always something, something missing. Like I was always someone in relationship. I think I am sometimes uh, people always look at me because I'm like, yeah, I never really been single for really long periods of time. Um, I always found myself in relationships. And, um, but at that period of my life, there was always something missing for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know what it was. And I ended up, um, being really depressed and I struggled with addiction and um, with uh, bipolar and um, I made a huge shift at some point of my life and uh, yeah kind of like exited that that fashion world and started started really going more deeply into figuring out what was going on and um, uh, and learning everything about intimacy and connection and relationships and how to really go after that um yeah that that little glimpse of connection that I could mm-hmm. feel was missing in my life how do you find that's affected your life man this is um I would say like it affected everything in my life because these days I, I was definitely someone who who used to believe that it was all about career and um and chasing your um your your goal like for me my goal was like to have my name in vogue magazine which i achieved really early on um and have my work published there and that was kind of like one of the one of the major moments where i was like i saw my i saw my name in there and i was like oh i'm still not happy Mm. and um like i kept having the repeated experience of like achieving a certain goal but then realizing like oh my happiness was actually not at the end of that rainbow and Mm -hmm. uh, and that would basically just continue to fuel like more and more dissatisfaction and disappointment because I was like so how do I have a fulfilling life how do I have happiness in my life and uh, it's such a common issue I mean it's like I think that we're all looking for that in some way or another, you know, and we are beings that desire connection. And often it's said that women want connection more than men, but I would disagree with that. What do you think? I mean, I also disagree with that. Um, I think sometimes either doesn't matter from gender. Sometimes people aren't aware of it. And I was definitely not aware at some some point of my life. Like I, I remember that the first long-term relationship that I had, which lasted for a few years, um, that woman, very young woman at that point in my life, um, 
she had to convince me to be in a relationship with her. Like that wasn't yeah. like I wasn't really chasing that. Like I was chasing I was chasing sex and um mostly just because I wanted to um I wanted to have that experience and I wanted to um get it over with so I wouldn't be uh, a virgin anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And um and I wanted to like see how can I um how can I have success? How can I be someone in life? Mm-hmm. Well, and I would say, I would imagine that society and, and the cultural view of what power is or what what's important had a huge impact on that. Would you say that that's the case? I, I would say so. I would say so. And I think it, it continues, it continues to have an influence. Um, it's like still, still to this day it's like i don't know how that's for you but um i wake i wake up with a sense of um restlessness irritability and a, and a discontentment right like like a sense of like oh what is wrong today what's not uh what is not working yet or what's not good enough yet mm. and i think a lot of that stems from um yeah from from conditioning i mean like like mm-hmm. these days as an entrepreneur even you're like are you yet having enough clients yeah. are you yet having that um i remember like i think like 5 or 8 years ago everyone wanted to be like um unattached and like working from a laptop in the bahamas or some, or or god knows what right like mm-hmm. where did that little dream go to Mm-hmm. Like it was so important at some point. Now it's not. Now it's something else. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. What is it? What is it right now? It's like have yeah. have the followers or something. Like <laughs> yeah, and I think we're in such a driven society. And I know that you really talked about in our conversation last time about just taking time to like be and still and you know meditate and just be in the flow of life and who you are. And I think that's so important because we're in such a hustle society, you know, even like, ah, you can make six figures as a coach and da, 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 da. And it's like, yeah, that's great. But then we just seem to be in this cycle of discontentment. And so I kind of want to talk about that today. Um, We had come up with a really great title last time and I was like, okay, yeah, that's a good one. So we want to talk about powerlessness to passion in a relationship and I'm all about empowerment and um, and sex-positive relationships, right? So I'm an empowerment sex-positive relationship coach. I'm an elite relationship designer, and I work with couples and individuals. But to work on setting the stage to have an empowered relationship, whether that's redesigning it, whether that's redesigning your mindset so that you can be authentic and all these things. But I think this we struggle to live our truth and to be authentic. And I'm going to say, especially as women, um, we were talking earlier, it might be kind of cool to like have, like I could speak from the woman's perspective and you could speak from a man's perspective just to kind of give a little back and forth. But I think that um, the experience for a woman is very different than, than a man, whether you, whatever your, your sexuality is, whatever your, the spectrum is, 
there's some universal kind of just stereotypes and things that we've been conditioned as men and women, uh, mm-hmm. whether we fall into those boxes or not, we've been conditioned to think of things a certain way, you know, and, and one of the first ones for women, you know, this is this fairy tale of like happily ever after and meeting your prince and being rescued and saved. And there's some that balk at that system. And there's some that are like, Oh yeah, I need to be rescued. And for me as a Christian woman, so I was very fundamentalist, evangelical Christian, went to Bible school. For those of you who don't know that, if you don't, if you want to hear my story, go to episode one, um, Bible school graduate turned playboy enthusiast, um, just to hear that story. But as a Christian woman, submission was everything, like to be a good submissive wife, which doesn't have to mean powerlessness because the way I looked at it didn't mean powerlessness, but it easily, easily can be if you forget that you have intrinsic worth and that you get to have your own life and and see the richness of who you are. And I think in a lot of Christian culture, um, we are told from, from a young age, men and women, you know, you are nothing without Christ. Right. He had to come and die for our sins and we had to be forgiven or we're gonna live eternity in hell. Like we're nothing. You know, he's made us clean. His blood has made us white as snow. All these kinds of things that really indicate. And for so long, I was like, I I couldn't live without Christ. You know, and I was told there's no love outside of the church. There's no love in the world and people don't have joy and all this kind of stuff. And so um, I was in a cycle of people pleasing and giving up who I am and turning the other cheek, you know, that was the Christian foundation. And then on top of that, like, what is a perfect Christian wife or what does a Christian wife look like? And what are these relationship dynamics? And the patriarchy is very strong even now in our relationships and how relationship structures are set up in today's society. And I'm really about breaking the programming, like, what is the programming? What's the religious and societal programming that we have? And how do we shift that and reprogram so that we can create the lives that we want mm-hmm. um, without feeling guilty about it, without having shame about it? So with that in mind, I don't remember what I asked you. No, I actually, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, so just to be like clear, there's like, I'm not against someone who have, or I'm not against having a purpose or having a thriving career or um, following, or even like being successful at what the society, what the society's games are. But um, I think some of them are really fun, right? But mm-hmm. it's like, it's like there is an underlying component that I think is missing for many people. And when I think of powerlessness, right? So, and here's the, here's a question that I have for you, for you as a woman, like, what does it feel like if you are in a relationship with a man who wakes up, um, wakes up in the morning and he is, um, driven by the anxiety to perform and, um, rushes into the office or into his, whether that's a home office or that's an office somewhere else. Right follows this kind of like 
um, path to uh, make a living and um, save the princess, right? Like, like create the create the castle for his little uh, for his little queen. But and then comes home in the evening, and um, whether or not he expects food on the table doesn't really matter. He may be like that far deeply into the macho or not. <laughs> um, and then is sort of like tired and um, maybe watches Netflix. That's kind of like becoming the routine and then eventually falling asleep on the couch, right? And then, um, and then rinse and repeat, right? For the next 30 years or 50 years, you know, God knows how long. How does that make you feel as a as a woman? That's that is basically the question. Wow, that's that's loaded, and I can feel that in my body. So I tell a lot of my clients, like, where do you feel things in your body when? And I feel this huge lump in my in my um, my stomach, the top of my stomach, and I can feel this weight on my chest. Mm-hmm. And that was my experience for. I just had my twenty five year wedding anniversary. I'm separated, but I'm counting it because we still live together. <laughs> um, but 25 years um, of living with a wonderful man, but someone who's very driven. He's American on top of things, right? I'm Canadian, American. And then I'm French, which is a much more laid back culture mm. than the U.S. U.S. is very independent. Um, and so, you know, you're taught productivity, this go, go, go. And basically rest and relaxation is, is wasting time, right? It's, it's not hustle. So yeah, every morning to watch the person you love that you just want to spend some time with and connect with, watch them get up. They're on a schedule. They get up, they do their thing. They have the morning routine, da, 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 leave the house, go to the office and for me, barely a word spoken to me. It's just like, that's the drive, right? Get there, um, get to work and do your thing. And then uh, not being a super people person, being on the phone with people all day is very draining, giving all your energy away at work, coming mm. home, coming in the door, going upstairs to the bedroom and shutting the door. Right. and. And while I'm making supper and then when supper's ready, call them down and they come and the whole family comes. And then after supper, they either go back to the office or it's, you know, time for reading alone time for them to just kind of recharge or, or something or watching TV or Netflix or whatever it may be. Um, And then it's bedtime. And I basically had to schedule time if I wanted time and I'm not a scheduled person, I'm kind of a, you know, fly by the seat of my pants. I'm very creative. Um, and again, like I couldn't understand why I was so, why I was struggling so much because he was a good guy, you know, like he, he, he worked hard, he had integrity and he's all these wonderful things as a person. Um, but I completely felt alone and ignored. And the only time we really saw him was at dinner time. And I treasured that. And now the kids live away and, and now we don't even eat together. Like we just do our own thing. And it, it's fine now because there's not the expectation of like 
you're in a relationship. So there's that. So it's much, much easier to, it, it doesn't feel much different, but my feeling is completely different because I don't have that societal expectation of this is what marriage is supposed to be. And this is what it looks like. And, right. and I realize now that I was very codependent in so many ways because I was looking for my marriage to validate my worth, I guess, mm-hmm. and validate my, uh, my worthiness. And, and to me, worthiness is, is valued on how much someone touches me physically, tells me I'm loved, tells me wonderful things about me and wants to spend time with me. And when those three things aren't happening, I don't take it. Who do you, be- you become? Pardon? Who do you become then? You become someone who does everything to try to become the person that you think that they want you to be so that they'll notice you. Right. But like, like my, in my experience, what I, what I observe is that goes for a while. And even if like the, the front is still like the front of a, of a nice woman who's like in stuck in her people, right? The people pleasing. Yeah, yeah. I'm having this nice front. And, um, but then it's like underneath builds a certain rage and oh, just, yeah. right? Well, every and, um, month, every month I'd have this huge breakdown and I'd just bawl and cry. And I felt so disconnected and lonely. But I then, I also didn't feel like I had a right to feel that way because I had so many wonderful things and wonderful children and you're taught to be grateful and just be positive and happy and this and that. All the spiritual conditioning comes on top now. Yes. But also like this toxic positivity culture too comes into play where you're like, just be happy and just be grateful. And it's like, okay, but can we actually really look at how we're feeling? And I think that powerlessness it that is the that is right there sort of the the picture of powerlessness right like i i'm such a strong woman i'm independent but i didn't feel like i was number one allowed to because i kept giving that role to him to make the decisions and i'm not a very good decision maker so um the decisions i could make i would tend to not make because i would be trying to let him lead but yeah. he didn't want to, he wanted me to make decisions and that was fine with him. He wanted me to be my own person, but I wanted us to do things connected. It was just a very unclear set of rules. And for me, it was very confusing. And I remember walking on eggshells all the time because I'm very much a face reader and, and he's very serious person. And so if the house wasn't tidy or this or that, like he would be stressed. And I could tell if he was stressed when he came home, he wouldn't say hi to anyone. He would just like walk away. And I knew that he needed his space and I need, he needed to decompress. So I'd give that to him, but I never felt like I could ask for what I wanted. And I never felt like what I needed was valid. And what I needed was important because he was the most important, like in a relationship, your partner should be the most important thing, not you. And so he's the, he's the, he's the breadwinner, right? Yeah. Certain position of power, because if he is, if he gets knocked off, like we perceive the financial in inflow into the household as the thing that is the most important thing on the forefront, at least. And I think subconsciously, yeah. 
and subconsciously i don't know if you've ever tried to break out of that one like that is like that is one of the heaviest conditionings to let go of i think looking at society at the moment and we have like even if you look in the into the conscious community bubble right yeah like so many people are talking about like waking up waking up to like their full potential and like um being more conscious and being more free and being empowered well what's the what's the one thing that like everybody is like ragingly addicted to at the moment it's efforting it's like making money it's like trying to trying to financially win the upper hand right i think like this it's like one of the i'm not a financial person i'm not a financial like coach or anything but i think that like um that pressure is one of the most intense one that wears on relationships because that power dynamic is really difficult to yeah it definitely can be hard especially when you've like I chose to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. So I always did things like I a voice teacher and a piano teacher and I always did job I'm a, a beauty consultant and I did I'm a makeup artist. So I did all these things that I could do with a family with kids that was more important. Mm-hmm. So I never really had a career. And so now fast forward all of a sudden we separate and now the financial responsibility becomes mine for myself. And I've never been in that position before. I was 22 when I got married, Right, you know, I was in college. So I moved out of the house to college to a married home. And I always had uh, someone, a breadwinner taking care of me, you know? So this is like a huge wake up call. And like, I wasn't prepared for that because Mm -hmm. I had made that something that I shouldn't do or shouldn't want and yeah, that's, that's been a challenge. Um, but at the same time, like, wow, what an experience of, of powerful growth to, to become, to be an entrepreneur. I've always been an entrepreneur, but again, I didn't have to rely on that so much. It was more like fun money or extra money for the family. But now it's like, oh, (laughs) oh, there's bills to pay and things like that. And this is what, these are the pressures outside that, are there to get in the way of things. Um, But in terms of relationship, you know, I think it's so easy to fall into a pattern. If it's not the woman, it's one person in the relationship. Um, There's always probably a more dominant person than, than the other. And one who's usually more of a giver and more of a people pleaser than the other. Um, But at the end of the day, it comes down to, what do you think your roles are and what's your, what's your belief systems and what's your programming about what relationships should be or shouldn't be. Right. Um, I, I think it's always, a I think it's always a dynamic. I think it's always a dynamic. I want to briefly like, because we like illuminated what it's like for the woman, right. To like see her man in this, in this pattern. And then you just, you described how how she is basically activated into her own conditioning through that mm-hmm. right and i think like for for the man it's we sort of like both looking at the same thing which is like how can the family sort of like survive or how can we make it which like propels us into this like 
rinse and repeat cycle of the of the hamster wheel mm-hmm. and and for the man you know it's like because i i definitely have a lot of people that i work with when they beginning to when they come at first to me it's like he doesn't have attention on me he doesn't want to connect men are unable to connect men mm-hmm. are unable to feel right and then what you said also like the and then he comes home in the evening and first of all he needs to like go and isolate right and the man cave like yeah. all of those all of those things are really like when i started um going into the whole um coaching world around connection those were all the things that were um were thrown at my head mm-hmm. right it's like felt very shamey at first it's like the women have something like in the realm of feelings and connections they have like the upper hand and the man is is the one who is sort of like still the bewildered one mm-hmm. but here's the thing it's like he is just as much trapped in the same uh, loop right like I don't know like right now we are living in California and we are paying uh four and a half thousand every month just for a house right and then there's no schools and there's no um health insurance and there's no car and there's no mm-hmm. food right so it's like the the experience that most men have is that they are that they are responsible that mm-hmm. they are carrying the weight of um having having the family survive mm. and so what you said in the beginning around the slowing down like for me like like slowing down and meditating is really like the thing that um that is has become a daily routine for me but why because the the pressure the depression the um all of that that would set in naturally of course it does it's like if you wake up and the first thing is like how can i make this uh family survive by me exerting energy literally till the point of coming back home um eating some food and then passing out and um a lot of people have then the help of like some substances in order to just mm-hmm. because they are it creates this like it creates an emptiness in a, mm-hmm. in a person right if that's all you do is try to hustle and push and um so like the i think the like sex positivity and like like playing with the idea of like what the possibilities of sexuality are mm-hmm. they sort of almost like luxury items um yeah. when you are in that when you are in that place and um so and then you you come home and what you see is you're looking into the face of a woman who is massively dissatisfied and disappointed mm. right like and you are not getting as a woman you are not getting the acknowledgement and the approval for the work that you've done because he's so exhausted that he can't mm-hmm. give you anything and so as a result you are now mad at him because he can't give you that mm-hmm. and so how does he feel in that moment um it's just like oh right like why do i even do this for a family that's not even grateful for my work right and then all the hopelessness kicks in and from that hopelessness you have um i mean it's self explanatory to me why there is such a high 
rate of suicide amongst men you know mm. it's like and then like have something happen have something happen like a job loss or like a problem at work mm. so then everything just turns into hell yeah and so it's that's the predicament we're looking at really yeah and i think that I'm glad you're saying this because like, I'm very big on this idea that, you know, I think women should be empowered. And I think that we, there's so many beautiful things that we can do as women and we can be super strong, but I think that there's a shift to like, give a big fuck you to men for one Mm -hmm. or to the rest of the world and be like, talk to the hand. I'm not like, I'm not going to tolerate disrespect or whatever. And it's like, Sometimes it's not disrespect. Sometimes it's just survival, right? And we, right. and and I think that in order to have healthy relationships, it has to be, like you said, like t- two people like understanding it, t- understanding the circumstance in which we're in, and the the programming that we have and the expectations that we have been that have been put on us, whether imposed by society or whether it's what what we have been brought up to believe or what we think like like and i and i like to check with my clients when when we start like what did you expect from marriage right and is it meeting your expectations like <laughs> like what did you imagine it would be what's the reason why you thought one day you would want to get married what did you think it would fulfill and and is that happening right. you know and i think that's such an important question because you know, we can come at, at a relationship thinking that it's supposed to be this way. And so, you know, a couple of podcasts away, it was like, what are the relationship myths? And so many of them are like, you know, that one partner can meet all your needs or that it's your partner's job to meet your needs, you know, or, um, I remember thinking as a woman that I was never going to say no to my husband to sex because, um, that was my, you know, spiritual service of worship. Like that was important in a, now don't, let's not get that wrong. I am a sexual person. So that was something I was very excited to say yes to. Um, But turns out that I was the one who had to initiate. It's not, it's not the sexual man that wanted me all the time. That was not a thing in my marriage. And no one had told me that the, the roles could be reversed sometimes. No one told me that men don't want sex all the time, you know? And so I was sorely disappointed by that because I'd waited 22 years to have sex till I was married. And then I was like, oh, uh, what? Am I not attractive? Am I not, you know, am I not enough? Am I not worthy? Am I? And so we have all these ideas of what's tied into things and we give meaning to things that don't necessarily have that meaning. I agree. Um, and you are, uh, yeah. I would say that like there is a, I I like to distance myself completely there from like from a from the gender stereotype because I think mm-hmm. there is a, there is a sexual there's a very high high sexual person like it's like it's usually a person that has a lot of sexual energy that needs to work with it yeah. it's a, it's literally a need it's not just a um it's not just like a lusty kind of like thing that you can turn off. It's a need for certain people. And um, I think I, I, I bet that like when, if you have that experience, it's very, the thought, right? Just the thought pattern of whenever you meet another person that has a sexual, high sexual drive, it's like, 
oh, wouldn't relationship with that person be so much easier? Mm -hmm. Because I don't have to initiate, right? Mm -hmm. It's for me the same thing. Like I would say I'm the more, um, uh, I have I have a higher sex drive than, than my wife. And we have done so much um, work um, on, on our relationship to come to a place where it's like, oh, this has like, this has at some point nothing to do anymore with whether you, how connected you are, how loving you are, whether you are, uh, no, it's actually like, there is an actual real thing where like her body requires less than my body. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I have, I have a partner now that I've been together with for long and, and he has, he has a high drive like I do. And so when we first met, it was like really like really cool. Cause we both initiated the same, but you notice that even though we have the same drives, his need is very different than mine, even in that. And right. so he's, a, he's much more uh, sexually driven, like, like that, energy needs to come out of his body. And for me, it's more of wanting a connected energy, a connected sexual, emotional energy um, is more where I felt the, uh, like if I'm, if I'm sad, like I'm at the point where I'm finally satisfied physically enough that I actually can figure out how often I actually do want it. Like how much is it sexual and how much is it connection that I wanted? And I, was under the wrong impression that I just wanted sex all the time, but that's actually not the truth. I wanted connection all the time. And I thought that sex was that connection. So now having a healthy amount of it, I'm like, Oh, I don't, I'm not the one always initiating. And it's really interesting to like have the tables turned. And now I can kind of put myself in the other shoes and go, Oh, okay. So when you don't feel like it, it doesn't mean you don't love that person. It doesn't mean that they're not attractive to you. It doesn't mean any of that. And and sometimes you just need time to yourself. You need to recoup. You need to, you know, right. like it's it's a hundred different things when if you haven't been on the other side, you don't know. And that's what you're describing. It's like that is really such a like you have such a advanced level of experience there that you can make these distinction that you mm -hmm. can be like connected to your body and you know immediately like oh i need some touch or oh i need mm -hmm. to go over and have a climax right now or mm -hmm. oh i need to like take it easy or i need to have a certain uh food right that is really the high level that is really the high level skill where you can now you're earning the fruits of the work that you have done. Mm -hmm. But where most people are is, um, I just feel irritated. Mm -hmm. and, and I am upset at my partner and I don't even know why. Like, he's just a fucking irritation right now, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I have been there myself, you know? Like, for, we always, like, it's always, like, a thing for like a long time I heard like oh women have so much sexual shame I think that's actually as well like a gender stereotype like I think both have yeah. sexual shame and any person who is a high sexual energy person will be confronted with shame right like yeah. um, sometimes I would pick a fight in my relationship about something in the kitchen and then we would be disconnected for 
days until eventually I started realizing it wasn't about the kitchen. It was about me not expressing what I wanted in that moment, which was like, hey, would you, would you have sex with me, right? Mm-hmm. And then we pick these fights so much. Like we pick the distraction because that's the thing. It's like our minds distract us in order to not having to penetrate the shame because that's literally the most uncomfortable spot for most people to to live in is Mm -hmm. like in the truth of who you are yeah and so most people blame and bicker and argue with each other over the most ridiculous things completely unaware what it's actually about and i'm not saying it's all just about sex but it usually just creates like when there is a repeating pattern of fighting about arbitrary things Mm -hmm. and you catch yourself actually like i think a lot of people have a little bit of awareness that they're like oh my god why am i again Mm -hmm. fighting about this right like it has like chances are there's there's a lot going on that is unexplored and I think a lot of it is unmet needs at the end of the day, what, whether it's a sexual need or not. And I think that it's important to recognize that it's not your partner's job to meet that need. It's your part. It's your responsibility to communicate that need. It's your responsibility to know how to fulfill that need, mm-hmm. whether it's yourself. Like if, if, if you just need a release and it's not necessarily about connection and your partner is not in that place or whatever. Like if you're not full of shame, you can go, you can communicate that need and ask, do you want to participate or shall I go take care of it myself? Because I should be able to take care of my own need. Um, You know, whether if I need a hug and there's nobody around, I can sit there and cry about it or I can, you know, hold myself, massage myself or or cuddle with my puppy or have a friend and and cuddle with them, like figure out how are some of the things that you can meet your needs on your own. And then what do you absolutely need someone else to fulfill that need for? And I do I have my clients do like a need assessment and then write how you know, how can I fulfill this myself? And and what do I absolutely need someone else to fulfill, you know? And um, there's a lot of sexual needs that you can fill by yourself, but you can't fill the need of like skin to skin, body contact, emotional, energetic connection with just yourself. So you get to evaluate what it is that it is that, that you need and be really clear and communicate that to yourself first without shame. Right. And then be able to communicate it to your partner. And that that's your responsibility. It's not your partner's responsibility to try to read your mind and and meet that need. And it's you can't get frustrated if they're never meeting that meet, need when you don't even realize what it is that you need. And right. I think that's important because we do put a lot of responsibility on our partners sometimes. And that falls into sort of that powerlessness it's right, easy totally. to do that, right? Like if I feel powerless in myself, if I don't love who I am, if I don't feel like I'm worthy, I need them to initiate that in order for my worth to be validated. Or I need to t- them to tell me I'm beautiful or that I'm sexy in order to feel validated. Um, but if I start with that with myself, they get to say those things. Those things don't just keep me su- in survival. They're like, you know, whipped cream on top. <laughs> they get to add to my to my joy in life rather than just being upset that they never notice. I, I agree. 
And I would add, so I, I like to make the distinction between um, being responsible for or being responsible to, mm. like, because I Let's think- Let's talk about of, that, yes. Because a lot of men, so like you say like, oh, I can cuddle my puppy or I can give my hug, uh, my friend a hug, right? And I think a lot of men, um, when they come into this, a lot of men that I work with, they don't have a friend that they can hug mm-hmm. or they don't have the luck of having a puppy, right? Because they're coming from the battlefield of isolation and lone wolfmanship, right? Mm-hmm. Like they didn't have the time to have a puppy or they just never actually had the openness in their life that they still managed to keep friends mm-hmm. that they still hug, mm-hmm. right? Um, these days I hug I hug men every day, you know, like I have, I have my, I have my brothers around me who, um, who keep me fuel, right? Like that's mm. an important thing, but that's an alien concept to most men. They don't have that. Yeah. And, um, and I have compassion for that because I've been, I've been in that place. Mm. Yeah. And so when you are in that place and you run under the idea that you're, partner is your life's person that will provide for you right this is the old idea of what relationship Mm -hmm. is like i am marrying this person so i will be loved by this person so i will be taken care of by this person then what happens is you feel entitled to it like there's entitlement it's like well my woman doesn't want to have sex with me like how dare she right like those Mm -hmm. are her marital responsibility right and um, where I am these days with my partner is she is absolutely not responsible to give me anything. But what we like to practice is we like to, and I think that goes very much along the lines what you say, is like we practice knowing what is my need and then asking for it. Mm. And, and through that, because most couples don't even know how to love their partner no. they don't know it. they don't know how to love their partner well so and then it, it, it happens what you say that like we expect that the partner reads our minds which is impossible mm-hmm. like you're setting yourself up for the worst um, relationship full of expectations and um, disappointment mm-hmm. but now I'm in a place where I'm like I get to say like hey here I'm gonna make an extreme example hey, would you suck my cock for five minutes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my wife gets to say, yes, I would like to, or um, no, not right now. And sometimes, you know, like I or... have to take the risk that she may be in her people pleaser. Mm. Not my respon- That's not my responsibility. And sure. I actually provide her the experience where she can find out whether she's enjoying it or not. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. I- and the other thing is that, you can have a negotiation then, right? Like if you made that known, um, now, am I responsible to make you come? Like, is that part of the responsibility or do you just want that feeling? Do you want that connection with me? And do you want that to get you started? Mm -hmm. Can we clear that up? Because if it's a literal five minutes, I can probably do that. If it's to completion, I'm not sure if I can devote that much time and, and, and feel that kind of pressure. Right. right. You don't know how long that even takes. It may take, right. an, take an hour. <laughs> right. And, and everybody's different and every, so I think it's like, 
once you start having the conversations, you can, you can decide like a no doesn't have to be a complete no. And a yes doesn't have to be a giving up of yourself, right? Like it, 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 you can negotiate and I'm so about renegotiating things and let's negotiate the terms so that we can understand. And back to your sense, like it's, it's your responsibility to communicate your need. I just wrote like my first chapter in my book. Go there because I want to, I want to hand away like a little, um, a little practice exercise there. Good. Because what, what I would say to my clients at that spot is like set a timer. Yeah. Actually set a timer for five minutes and agree to that. I call it a container. Yeah. I love that. Small container. And when the timer has gone off, because that way, like you have to remove the goal because it's that the goal is what, what really kills it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I I love that idea. I love that idea. Cause I think that, you know, some of us want to please our partners, but there's certain things we don't enjoy as much as others. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, e- even like setting a time limit, like I, I remember my ex-husband wanted to set a sort of a time limit of how long he had to sit and talk with me. And yeah. I would feel so like almost violated that by that, because to me, that was, uh, a value like it was a it determined my value whether he wanted to spend a long time with me or not a long time but to him it was like he couldn't relax unless he knew there was an end time and mm-hmm. then he could be fully in the moment so it was just learning those kinds of things right or or like your blowjob example is perfect i love that um because sometimes that is a difficult task for women right like and 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 that, that safe word safety there is like is important. Yeah. Into it. Like if there is no, if there's no, if there's no clear container attached to certain things, we cannot actually let go and and enjoy. Same for the woman, right? Like yeah. if she has to, if she has to work to make him come in that, that moment, then that's all that's on the mind, on the mind, right? And then it's about speed and it's about friction. And it's about like harder mm. and like all of those things. When it's when that is all taken off the table and you literally just like five minutes, I get to do with this cock whatever I want. Mm-hmm. You actually start to enjoy it in all different way. It's so true. It's so true. I love that. Um, I wanted to go back to so I just started writing a book, and in the first chapter, uh, so the book is about why why aren't we why don't we live in our authenticity? Like, what are the things holding us back from being authentic, you know, in our relationships and our sexuality? Like, what are these things that are holding us back? And the first chapter is talking about, um, we, we don't even know what we want, or we don't even know our needs, you know, like, um, and so a lot of us have grown up being told what to eat and how to eat and what times to eat at, how long to sleep, how to think, who our friends should be, what we're going to study. I mean, we are kind of given that information. And a lot of times people haven't even really thought about what they really need or want in their lives. Mm. They haven't had that opportunity. And they've also been taught that other people's needs are more important than theirs. So they're much more aware of other people's needs than their own. So we can see that when we get in a relationship, how we'd feel so unempowered because we don't even know how to ask for what we need because we don't even know what we need. Right. You know, and, and there's so much shame about 
even needing something like you're needy. You don't want to be needy, you know, quote unquote needy. And there's such a fear, especially as women, Mm. you do not want to be emotional or needy or too much because, you know, no man's going to want you. So if you do the things, if you just do for them what they need. And I mean, how many women are, especially from like our parents' generations are just in, in relationships where they're just walking on eggshells all the time, trying to appease their husbands so that they're not upset and they don't feel like they're allowed to sit and rest. And here we are, this new generation. It's like, it's like the total opposite. I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. My life is my own. And I think there's this nice in-between balance where you said, you know, like, it's not my responsibility. Your like your happiness is not my responsibility, but here's the other thing. My, your happiness gets to be my, like I get to have joy in taking part in your happiness. Right. And if we think of it that way, right. For rather than responsible to. Yeah. And I think that a lot of, like, I know one of the things that, kind of went south with with um my marriage was this whole idea that you know well i'm not responsible for your happiness you're responsible for your emotions you're responsible for this you're responsible for that and that's all great but if you're never even inputting into my happiness or my world then i feel very isolated and it's a very big challenge to try and be happy on my own when i'm constantly in anxiety and not not knowing if I'm loved or if someone cares about me. And so I was, I got into this very depression, anxious spiral. Um, You know, I've never had um, addiction issues, but I could see in that moment how it would be so easy to want to numb that pain of not feeling like you're living up to someone's standard or that you're not enough or that you're not able to, be everything that someone expects you to be. Um, and I know it's both sides that feel this way, but like in my moment, I just was spiraling down and I felt so hopeless. Mm. And I think it's because I had devoted my whole life to someone else's needs rather than my own. Right. And I didn't feel I was allowed to ask for my own needs. Yeah. And I think that's like, I I see that happening a lot at the moment where I think a lot of people who are starting to see this swing in the opposite direction from being highly depending on their men or their partner or God knows who, and then swing all the way into this, um, into this hyper individualism, oh, hyper, yeah. um, indep- independence. And yeah. I mean, you would ask, like, what's wrong with that? Like, not nothing necessarily. But again, I also work with um, women who are in this kind of phase. I have one client who is in this phase for really many, many years. And um, I like to I like to expand. I like to play little games. Sometimes you're like, so put yourself 30 years from now and you haven't changed this. When you are approaching your 60s or 70s and you're still this like hyper individual person, need I need I need nobody, mm-hmm. right? Then how will you how will you feel? And I 
I think there is a certain missing out because relationship holds a potential when we exit this extreme dependency, but also when we don't swing on the other side and are like, well, he's doing his thing, I'm doing my thing, and we don't have any touching points. But when mm -hmm. it becomes rather a, a dance of connection where we mm -hmm. try to, I like this, there's a meme with like a bunch of really like, um, bony people and they all have really long spoons. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Right? And they can't really feed themselves, but they can feed each other. Mm -hmm. I love that's, one. that's so true, right? Like, like there so is I a... Would, what I was I like, say I would, I would call it interdependence. Would you agree? Yeah, interdependence. And then I, like my aim with the people that I work with or the people that my wife and I work with because we coach them together is um actually tapping into the potential of uh, of of entering flow together as a mm -hmm. couple mm -hmm. entering like we like to call it orgasm right like it's not the orgasm that that society has which we call climax but orgasm as in there is an energy there's a mm -hmm. there is a there's a telepathic field a third that you create as a couple and that, or if you talk in religious matters, okay, like it has nothing to do with religion, but like if you are tapped into a higher consciousness together, into mm -hmm. God together, mm -hmm. right? And you are starting to have a, a purpose and a shared energy bank account mm -hmm. that you are trying to serve together, right? Because mm -hmm. then you're starting to tap into other areas where you get to serve community together where you get to raise children in a healthy way together where you get to create um like like for us it's like a beautiful healthy um land and house around us that's like full of nourishment where other people can come in and it's like a haven for other people mm -hmm. where it's like joy you know like where there's celebration that's really like that's really where i like to head mm -hmm. rather than just a um how do we how do we fulfill our needs mm -hmm. how do you actually eventually get full together that it spills out onto others yeah i like that and i think there's so much shame about needing anything and being codependent and i think like we are humans we are beings that need connection we need interconnection and being not being solely dependent on someone, but being dependent on and allowing yourself to be vulnerable with other people and allowing them to input into your life and you input into their life. It's like, that's where passion comes from, right? Like we're talking about powerlessness to passion. And it's like, passion comes when you feel safe enough and connected enough to be your full self with that person that you love and and you let you can sink into their arms in grief sometimes you can sink in and be like I can't carry this on my own I'm not expecting you to carry it but I know you're there for me that's beautiful and right. when they choose to input into your life on a regular basis and when you choose to sorry when you choose to input into their life I think the difference there is that it's no longer an expectation. It's something that you both daily choose. It's an and offer. It's an yeah, offering. Yeah. 
And I think like, like with my boyfriend now, we don't, we live like two hours apart. And I really love the fact that we do in a lot of ways because, and, and you know, like we, we both have um, similar views on ethical non-monogamy and just the beauty of um, having, loving other people or, or loving outside of our relationships is not necessarily a bad thing, but unless we have this, this, these relationship skills honed in, we're just going to make a mess of other relationships. Like another person is not going to fill a void that we don't know how to fill um, or or know how to access or talk about. Right. So, so if we're not uh, able to let, to be vulnerable with our partner or feel safe with our partner, create safety for them, we're certainly not going to be able to create safety for someone else. It's not going to get better unless we learn who we are and what we bring to the table and that we have our own responsibilities in loving and we get to choose. So my boyfriend lives two hours away. I get, it's not an expectation that I go see him every two weeks. It's not an expectation that he comes see me. We choose that. We choose to talk to each other daily. We choose to keep in touch and share because we want to. And I love that. There's no like contract making us do that you know, and we continually choose each other and that's beautiful. And I think that we should adopt this idea that someone could leave at any point. They are free to leave, but they choose to stay. And I choose to stay because I value your input in my life. I value giving into your life. I value what we create together. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of us are losing that with going to the opposite side of complete independence. We're losing community and just this sense of connection with people. And to me, that's just a travesty because I mean, connections are everything. I mean, even the conversation we we've had one conversation together and I feel like we're, I could trust you to talk to you about things that are important in my life. And Mm -hmm. I barely know you, but we took time to connect Right. And and my people, my community, the people in my world, that's who I have in my life. And that's who I select are people that value me as a person, that respect me, that I can coexist with and co, what, co-create with, co-interact with, right? It's not just a one person right. thing where it's like, well, I'll just do me and you just do you. You get to do you. I get to do me, but we also get to be we. <laughs> I agree, and I, I fully agree. And that's that's the thing. That's like when I what I, I think what it like touches back into that like when it starts to spill over, right? Like it is really, um, it is really a work that like starts with myself. Mm-hmm. Like I can look at my patterns. I can look at where even if I'm that man who's like still entangled in that like nine to five, right? Mm-hmm. I can look at how do I show up here? How mm-hmm. am I overspending my energy by chasing after these goals? Like how can mm-hmm. I start to bring some of that back and put it into the bank account of my own um, growth? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's so I can start to come back home and you know now i now i understand like you want my acknowledgement right that is something that's important to you Mm -hmm. at that that stage of your life that is really what's needed right Mm -hmm. now at my at the stage that i'm in 
though we do vary, we do go back and forth. It's it may not be as needed. My my wife may have more self-esteem, a stronger self-esteem where she doesn't need me to acknowledge her as much anymore. Mm -hmm. But I still know, I still know that, and I still can work on that and bring that back home and slowly make a slowly make a move out of these things and build these kind of like things mm -hmm. that we're talking about, which includes like community. Build. Build. That's yeah. the word right there, right? Like it's it's about building building connections, little connections and staying connected and putting effort into building something. Right. And sometimes that's not always easy. Building isn't always a simple job. And no. I'm not always good at every part of building something, but I give it my best effort and it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, and as the receiver, we need to acknowledge the imperfection and we need to acknowledge the effort or someone's not going to give the effort anymore, you know. So we are running out of time. I can't believe how fast this has gone. Um, is there any, if, if someone wants to, um, would like to talk more with you or, or work with you, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. Um, so at the moment, what I recommend is that you watch, um, I have just created a micro training for people. Um, that's super fun, 30 minutes. Um, with a few exercises where you can pinpoint um, where you are, where you are and um, where you want to go. And uh, it's the it's called the three questions to have the best sex and connection and relationships. And um, as you probably just listen to everything, um, it's not so much about the goals of that, but it is about creating a life where you can have those naturally pour out of you. Mm -hmm. And um, you can find that on our website, and that is kirkmanhoodcoaching.com. Um, would be great if you could put it. I will put that in the show notes for sure. Yeah, so we put yeah. that in the show notes underneath. Yeah, awesome. Check it out. It's completely for free. And um, and there is a little gift at the end of this um, micro-training um, where you can find the next step. Nice. Very nice. Well, I... I love that you um, you do this work with people and and focus on intimacy and sexuality and and I I do that as well but in a different way and and so if if someone's interested in in coaching in figuring out what's holding you back from your authenticity or where your sexual shame is stuck and all these kinds of things like it's about shifting that program and getting to a place where you can really live in your authenticity. And um, that's just one of the things that I do and just redesigning relationships. And I, I know that we're, we're hopefully going to work together in the future and create some really cool sort of meshed things. Um, especially, especially you guys, you have to hear about this. The, um, would you call it orgasmic meditation or orgasm? Was it orgasmic meditation? Yeah. Orgasmic meditation and, it's and a, it's a partner practice. Yeah. And, and I don't know, some of you may have heard it called the 15 minute orgasm. Um, I have heard that on like swinger podcasts, like way, way back when I, I started listening to, to playboy radio and different things. I was like, what is this 15 minute orgasm? And then when I talked with him, I was like, oh, you actually teach it. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I wanted to, I want to learn all about it. So, um, yeah, we definitely have more to talk about for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's something that's interesting you for also for sure. Feel free to reach out. Um, my wife and I both teach it, and um, she has 
been working actually with the with the founder of this uh, practice for um, I think like more than ten years together. Might have to come to California and visit you. Yeah, <laughs> this would be really it's cool. So we have a lot of we have space here for sure. Or, or Canada, you know, you can come to Canada too. Anyways, um, thank you so much, Maritz. It's been great chatting with you, and hopefully, you guys have heard learned a little bit about powerlessness to passion. There's so much more we could say about this. We just sort of touched the tip of the iceberg when it comes to this, um, but uh, we could talk all day and and never get to the bottom of it so if you have any questions for either of us reach out uh, i'd love for you to join my community uh breaking free to be authentically me and you can find all the links to my websites and um my community in the show notes so i will see you next week but thank you so much and thanks for being with us maritz take thank care bye-bye so wow that was such a great conversation with Moritz. Um, so glad that I had him on to share so much of that. Uh, let me know in the Facebook group what you think of these conversations and let's talk about them. Um, I'll just think we need to have more of these conversations. So I'm going to bring them to you. We're going to do more of these conversations. I'm going to let you go. Have a wonderful week. Don't forget to go check out kirkmanhoodcoaching.com. The links will be in the show notes and you can download his three questions to intimacy and the mini training that he's got. So uh, go check that out. That's exciting. And go check out uh, my Instagram. Come, Come join our group. I would love to have you. It's going to be full of amazing things, and we're just going to have a lot of fun in there. So let's be real. Let's be vulnerable. Let's be authentic, and let's live our lives. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week. I love you. Mwah. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Corrine Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at CorrineBedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at BreakingFreeAuthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember... When it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.